Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. He's back. Chris Jones and the Chiefs have reached a deal. This is breaking, breaking news. We scrambled like firefighters over here to get online for you. Shout out to producer Richard, who got the stream up and running and made it look beautiful for us in record time. Patrick Allen, Sterling Holmes, together for an emergency podcast. Sterling, the news is out. Chris Jones and Chiefs have agreed to a new deal, but it's not an extension. It's a new deal. It's a rework. He's still under contract for one year. Details are still flying out. We're combing Twitter following all the NFL insiders, trying to get the details. But what's your initial reaction to this news that a deal is done, but it's still just a one-year deal? Uh, Happy, but also bewilderment, confusion, excitement, elatement, and quite frankly, a poor understanding of why this wouldn't have been done before the season started. Because what I find here, as you mentioned, this is not a new one-year deal. This is a reworking. They're not adding any extra years on. It's this current year, according to Adam Schefter. No new years were added to his contract, but he received multiple incentives to earn considerably more money this season. So that's what it comes down to. And quite frankly, if that's what it was all along, if you couldn't get a long-term deal done, I don't understand on the Chiefs side why it wouldn't behoove them to just have this one-year massively incentive-laden contract and then say, hey, we'll come back whenever this contract's over with a new chance to sit down for a long-term deal. Uh, This just feels like something that should have been done prior to week one. Yeah, look, obviously we don't have all the details yet, but my opinion on this out of the gate is that this is a massive win for Brett Veach and the Chiefs front office. Huge win. Almost no downside for the Kansas State Chiefs. Obviously, they didn't have Chris Jones in week one. Probably would have won the game if they did. I mean, this was a a razor-thin margin here, right, against Detroit. But all that aside, look, Chris Jones said it last week when he was in Kansas City. He said, I want to raise. I just want to raise, right? He was under contract for this year already. He was sitting out trying to get more money. And obviously, an extension is what you want to do in that situation if you're the Chiefs or you're Chris Jones. Chris Jones gets more years, more guaranteed money. He's protected somewhat from injury, and he's locked in. And the Chiefs can spread his cap hit over multiple years. But what happened? Chris Jones dug in. And look, this is a situation, and I've been saying this all during this whole thing. The Chiefs have all the leverage in this situation. Only thing that Chris Jones can withhold is his his services, his play. And at a certain point, the way that the NFLPA has negotiated things with the league, at a certain point, 
Chris Jones loses his leverage. And that pretty much happened after that game on Thursday night, because now he's, he's already been fined a couple million dollars um, for missing camp and losing some performance bonus things. And now he loses like a million dollars a game. So at this point, it's destructive to Chris Jones for Chris Jones to continue to sit out. Forget about the Chiefs. So the reason that this is a win for Kansas City is because, look, Chris Jones, I've been saying it, he's a young 29. He just turned 29 in July. The Chiefs now have a player who, look, he's not ascending anymore. He's brilliant. He's great. But he's not going to get better. He's likely not going to get any better than he was last year. If he has another year like that, you're thrilled. So he's eventually, he might be at the top of the hill right now. He's going to start to become a descending player. So for the Chiefs, they're great. Like they may have given him a raise this season. I'm sure that there's more money on the deal with the incentives. But now he, they get him this season. They still, unless they agreed that they wouldn't franchise him as part of the new deal, um, they can still franchise him if they want. They can get another year out of him, see how he plays. If he's healthy, if he's looking good, he's rocking and rolling. Then they have a decision to make, but now they just get to kick the can down the road. And if if he were to get injured, or and and look, I don't want this for Chris Jones, but this is just a reality of the situation. It's the NFL. If he were to get injured or have some sort of catastrophic injury, the Chiefs are off the hook for his money this year. That's it. It's over. So from a from a purely business front office standpoint, this is a massive win for the Chiefs because they kick the can, can down the road, they get another year of Chris Jones, and then they can evaluate and see where he's at later. For Jones, my guess is that he's thinking, well, look, um, I'm betting on myself at this point, right? He's not going to take the extension. He's going to try to go have another 15 and a half sack season, and then he's going to try to get the Chiefs to tag him and trade him or, or just hit free agency and be let go. And that's great for the Chiefs because Chris Jones is in a contract year again. He was basically in a contract year last year because we thought it was going to be no lame duck season. He wanted to get a, an extension. What did he do? He balled out. He got 15 and a half sacks. He performed in the playoffs. The Chiefs won the Super Bowl. So if that's going to happen again this year, and from Jones's perspective, it better because if he wants to get a long-term deal next year, he's going to have to ball out again or he's going to get offered less money than he would have gotten after the 15 and a half sack season in the Super Bowl. So it's a huge one for the Chiefs. Yeah, I'm just confused on Chris Jones' side once again. This does nothing as far as the long-term guaranteed money that we all thought was the holdup. I understand the multiple incentives, you know, considerably amount, uh, larger amount of money. And once the incentives start rolling through, we'll understand. But right now, we're still a little bit in the dark, if you will. Is it all pro? Is it first team versus second team? Is it 15 plus sacks? What is the cutoff line? Again, this is good for Kansas City, as you mentioned. An incentive-laden deal, at least the incentive-laden aspect on top of what he's already getting. Uh, A lot of times, uh, they break it down in contracts where incentives don't always count against the cap. They don't always count against... um, you know, a lot of your your team value uh, in regards to 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 the contract because they're considered unlikely to hit. They're considered, you know, it's not a guaranteed. Well, that's good for the Chiefs. That allows them to free up some more money as well. You know, I love Chris Jones, but missing training camp, missing OTAs, missing preseason in the first game of the season. What's his body going to look like? I'm really intrigued to see what those incentives he was, he's supposed to hit because if he starts off slow. Well, he might not be getting that raise that he thought he was going to get. 
This is going to be very interesting to see how this plays out for the Cats brothers. I don't consider this a win whatsoever. Uh, Chris Jones has more agents than he does money, uh, more agents than he does uh, contract or, or years added to the contract. I'm just perplexed by all of this. Yeah, well, look, I think, again, the rubber met the road for Chris Jones. And so the, if the Chiefs held their ground and they, they said, look, we've got an offer on the table for an extension, or if you just want to play out this year, they offered him this deal, which is some sort of incentive-laden potential for him to make a lot of money this year, and that's that. Chris Jones really didn't have a choice at this point. He had to sign. He had to get back on the field. or He was just, just going to lose any money he might have made up in a longer extension deal anyway. So it, you know, if the Chiefs were and Chris Jones were $7 million apart, say, right? And he's losing a million dollars a year for not playing. Then he, he, and he's going to sit out eight games. He's just going to lose what he's asking for anyway. So what's the point? I'm with you. I don't understand why he didn't take the long-term deal. It may be that he soured on the Chiefs a little bit over all this. And so he's just, look, he's a man of principle. All right. I, like Chris Jones, whether you like it or not, he's doing what he thinks is best for him. And this is what he thought was best for him, his his money, his future, his body, all that stuff. And he's perfectly at liberty to do that. That doesn't mean it's going to work out for him the way that he wants it to. Brett Veach's job is to do what's best, what he thinks is best for the Kansas City Chiefs, period. Personal things aside, he's got to do what he thinks is best for the Kansas City Chiefs. That's his job. So you really can't blame either side in this, in my opinion. And as far as the Cats brothers, listen, man. I see a lot of people tweeting like these cat, the Cats brothers, they suck. They're terrible agents. Look, guys, we don't know. Okay. Maybe they are terrible agents, but they work for Chris Jones. Like the Cats brothers, although they did look like mafia bosses there up in the in the booth, they were okay, but I can feel like fun. Hallmark mafia bosses. We're not yeah, talking yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like, like legit. Yeah. <laughs> But like they weren't sitting, they're not sitting there with guns to Chris Jones' head, being like, "Don't take the long term deal. We want to get you seven million extra." They work for Chris Jones. If Chris Jones isn't taking that, like, if he wants the money and he wants to be in Kansas City, he's going to take the deal. He might take. It's just like anybody that you work with a realtor. You're a realtor, right? Like you do realty service. Like you know, you don't tell your clients. You tell them what you think. But ultimately, it's their decision about whether or not they want to buy the house that they're looking at. They're not going to listen to you. They're not just going to be like, well, Sterling said, don't do it. And then they don't buy the house. So we don't know if the Katz brothers are good or bad agents. Their job was to do what Chris Jones wanted. Now, they didn't get him the deal he wanted, obviously. So you could say maybe they're bad agents for that. But if the ask wasn't reasonable in the eyes of the Chiefs, there's not a lot any agent can do. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Superlight Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. 
the eucalyptus fiber upper adds next level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the super light tree runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I don't know if you guys know who Ethan Douglas is. He's really good on Twitter. He just responded to one of my tweets, and I think he had a really... He put this and laid this out in a very nice way. He goes, my wildly uneducated take. Jones camp wants more money. Casey makes clear they won't give him what he wants. Jones holds out by calling their bluff. Casey wasn't bluffing, but gives Jones graceful exit from holdout with incentives to earn more this season. Then goes final point this year, definitely his last. I think there's actually something to that, that you can make the case that this is a, hey, Chris, you're not getting that money from us. You're not getting it. We're not trading you this year because the value isn't in it for us, the Kansas City Chiefs. So what can we do this year to resolve this? What can we do to get you on the field and get you a chance to make a lot of money for next year? Because it ain't going to be from us. Now, we don't know if that's the case, but there could be some signs leading us to that conclusion saying, all right, Chris Jones, we love you here, man. But we're not going to be the team that's going to be paying a 33-year-old once it's all said and done, you know, $28-plus million a year. We're going to let some other team take care of that. We're going to gracefully give you some incentives. We'll have this year, have a nice little final run together. Then we'll see what happens. Yeah, look, and I'm sure that the Chiefs still – like, uh, the Chiefs would – he's he's not going to just – he probably I – mean, I know I mentioned it's possible, and of course anything's possible – it's unlikely that his his play is just going to fall off a cliff. He's 29 years old. He's probably got two years of very good production left, at least maybe three. Uh, if he's you know uh, an athletic, he is an athletic freak. Maybe he gets all four. But like at the end of the day, the, the Chiefs probably left their deal on the table and they said, "Look, this is our best and final offer. You can take the extension, or here's an alternative. You'll make we'll give you the raise that you want. You can make more money this year than you would have." And then we'll figure it out in the offseason. And again, it could come out. We could hear later that the Chiefs put in there that, hey, they can't they can't tag him. I don't know if they're able to put that in contracts. I don't know exactly how that works, but that could be possible. That could have been part of the deal here. So he's gotten guaranteed free agency. I doubt it, but it's possible. But again, this is just a huge win for the Chiefs from the perspective that, you know, if Chris Jones does want to try to get one more big payday and a multi-year contract, either from the Chiefs or elsewhere, he's going to have to ball out this year. And he's going to have to ball out to make as much money as possible on this incentive-laden deal. The Chiefs have been pretty consistent with Orlando Brown Jr., with Tyron Matthew, um, with Tyree Kill. They have a number, and they're not going over their number. They're not doing it. And they're trying to keep the competitive team around Patrick Mahomes, not for this year, not for the next three years, for the next 10 to 15 years, okay? So 
that's it, man. Like they're not going to do it. And and Brett Veach understands that it's just like in fantasy football, right? Like your receivers, they get to 28 years old and there's a, there's a cliff, there's a fall off. Well, we're dealing with millions of dollars roster space. They've they want to pay Nick Bolton. They want to pay, you know, maybe they want to pay Creed Humphrey. Who's on a hall of fame track at this point, Trey Smith. All these guys are younger than Chris Jones. They protect Patrick Mahomes, uh, the, the offensive lineman, and their deals will be coming up pretty soon. What if they want to keep Legarius Sneed, who is a monster tackler, hard hitter for this team, can cover, versatile. He's not going to be cheap. Teams are going to want to throw all kinds of money at him. So it's a difficult position to be in. It doesn't mean that they don't love Chris and they don't want to pay Chris, but they've, they're looking down the road. They've got cap people, nerds, people way smarter and better at math than me. And they're figuring, they're running all the numbers and they've got calculators and AI technology and all this shit. And they're like, here's a, if we do this, this is what will happen. They've got a number and they're not going to exceed it for Chris Jones. The only person that they might exceed their number for uh, is maybe Travis Kelsey, if he decided he wanted to raise, and Patrick Mahomes and, and probably Andy Reid. If we're going to welcome back Creed, uh, Chris Jones with open arms and you want a Chris Jones jersey, we have the perfect promotion for you. If you don't want a Chris Jones jersey, if you want a Creed Humphrey jersey, as you mentioned, a Mahomes jersey, Travis Kelsey, a plethora of other players on the Kansas City Chiefs, Points Bet Sportsbook is running a new betting promo that you do not want to miss. For a limited time, New Year's can sign up and place a $50 bet to receive $150 promotional credit at fanatics.com. Even if that first bet loses, you still receive the $150 bet that you can use to purchase a new jersey of your favorite Chiefs player. To claim this offer, go to arrowheadaddict.com slash bets by scanning the QR code on screen or by clicking the link in the description. Sign up for points bet through our link to make sure you receive your $150 credit. That's arrowheadaddict.com forward slash bets. This offer is available until September 18th to new customers with 21 plus and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offers. If you want that jersey, you got to place that first bet. Place that first bet. Do it. $150 credit for basically a jersey of your choice. That's a good deal. deal. It's a great deal. deal. Um, I want to read the statement that the Chiefs put out right after this broke. From Brett Veach, he said, Chris is an elite player in this league, and over the last seven years, he's really developed into a leader on our team. He's been instrumental to our success in Super Bowl championship runs, and it was a priority for us to keep him in a Chiefs uniform. I'd like to thank Chris and his representation, Michael and Jason Katz, for their desire and patience to get this done. Through this process, two things were obvious. Chris wanted to be a Chief, and the Katz brothers worked diligently on his behalf. Very kind. Of Brett Veach, you know, look, he's got to deal with people. He's not going to come out and trash trash these guys. And it's look, I don't think it's personal. Like this is business, right? Like they have a job to do for their client. Chris wants what he wants. The Chiefs need what they need, and you just, you know, you just work through it. And I look, I'll give I'll give Chris credit. He never like he never trashed the team, right? Like he was doing the tweeting, and it was driving everybody crazy and all that stuff. But like he didn't come out. He didn't trash the team. He didn't throw a fit. He just said, I'm holding out. I see I, free climb says selfish player and get out of here with that nonsense. He is, this is his job. All right. It is his job. He is entitled to do what he wants for his career. Calling him selfish is preposterous. It is his job. 
I would love for Chris Jones to show up at wherever you work and be like, and when you're asking your boss for a raise and like bust in and be like, hey man, you're being selfish. What about the other employees? Like, bro, get out of here. This guy can work for a few more years at what he is absolutely the best at right now, which is playing professional football. He should get every penny he can and he should negotiate the best that he can. And he saw it all the way through and he lost because the deck was stacked against him. That sucks for him. But he's in a union. That's the deal that his union negotiated. But like going after him or going after Veach, like it's just stupid. Like this is just, this isn't personal. It's just his job. He wants to make as much money as he can, just like you. So we had that from Adam Schefter. The Nate Taylor also says, could confirm that the Chiefs received multiple incentives for this season to earn the large raise he wanted when the negotiations started. The Cats brothers confirm from Adam Schefter. So that leads me to believe was this always a possibility? Was this an original deal where they had two different offers on the table of a, hey, we have this long-term extension here. We have this one-year incentive-laden contract for you here. If this was always there, I still, again, am going back to the question of why did this take so long? Why was this a situation? Why did this pissing match happen? Why did this go on for as long as it did? And again, why did you miss that game? That's money you will never, ever see again. Um, Again, I, I think the selfish player argument, it's a little bit unfounded. Players do this all the time. I mean, Emmett Smith held out two games for the Dallas Cowboys. Like He was the face of the franchise. He held out two games until he got what he wanted, right? It worked out for the Dallas Cowboys. Like, players do this. And, and, and do you yeah. think Cowboys fans still hate Emmett Smith for him missing two games? No, all is forgiven. Eventually, this will all be a blip on the radar in Chris Jones' legacy. But we're right here, right now. We're caught up in it. We're angry. We're upset. The Chiefs are 0-1. They lost to the Detroit Lions, even though the defense played out of their gourd. They were incredible. Chris Jones probably wasn't going to be that much of a factor in that game. But we're still angry. We're trying to figure out the culprit. We, we, we see the wide receivers. We understand that. But the Chiefs will lose. They're 0-1. Chris Jones wasn't there. So we immediately start calling him selfish. Let's take a step back. Chris Jones is now a Kansas City Chief once again. For this year, this is good news. You mentioned it. I've talked about it, and I will agree wholeheartedly. This is a win for the Chiefs organization. You do. This, is a, this should be a win. If you are a Chiefs fan and you want to keep cap space opened up for the future and still have the best era, the best year of Chris Jones, well, this is it. Again, you mentioned it. He's 29. What's he doing when he's 32? Probably not what he's doing at 28 and 29. This is good for Kansas City. Yeah, and look, the Chiefs fans that are mad, like y'all ain't going to be throwing on your capes when Chris Jones like blows out his knee and gets cut. You're going to be like, thanks for everything. You know, like, you know, you guys don't do this. I'm a Chiefs fan, obviously. We don't do that when 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 the teams cut players. That, that That's when all the fans are like, well, it's just business, you know, got to do what's best for the team. But when the players try to do what's best for them, all of a sudden they're selfish. Like the bootlicking of some fans on like billionaire owners, like I don't have a problem with Clark Hunt, but like it's just crazy. <laughs> like These are the guys you root for. They're the ones that are out on the field, not the guys in the front office. Like have a little bit of like perspective and compassion for the players that you claim to love you, but you spend a hundred dollars on their Jersey and then they try to get a raise and use any negotiating factors, tactics that they have. And you start trashing them, you know, um, in the, in the stadium last night, by the way, on Thursday, I was there booing Kadarius Tony. Like, I know it was frustrating. The guy had the worst game of his life, bro. That guy just helped you win a super bowl like months ago. Like take a deep breath. 
You know, it's like, it's, it's an emotional thing. I get it. But like be human beings to these guys, like they're, they're who you're cheering for. Um, and look, man, if the, if NFL teams had their way, they would have everybody on a one-year deal. It would be, that'd be fantastic. Like one year, one, one year at a time. This is a violent sport. Guys get hurt. Oh, look at poor JK Dobbins. I mean, Jesus, that guy, every, every time every, he gets out there every year, he gets some horrible injury. Like there isn't many protections for these guys. So uh, to have somebody like Chris Jones on a one-year incentive laden deal, it's a massive victory for the chiefs from a football standpoint. He's going to go out there and he's got to, he's got to try to earn that next big deal. Um, you know, Chris made the decision that he made. It's, it's not really any of my business. I don't think it worked out for him, but maybe it will. Sometimes guys bet. look at Kirk cousins. Sometimes guys bet on themselves and it works out for them. Um, it's a little late in the game though, for Chris to be betting on himself. You know, Matt Verderham, our pal Matt Verderham, when he was on the show uh, a couple of weeks ago, he made a really great point. And he said, you know, this is Chris Jones best chance to get paid right now. He just turned 29, 15 and a half season, 15 and a half sack season, all pro you won the Super Bowl. Like when is your resume going to be better than that? Even if he goes out and repeats it this year, he's still a year older. So teams are going to be a little bit squeamish about giving him a big deal. So maybe, maybe, you know, LeBron did this like in the NBA where he would sign those, you know, two year deals with the player option. Cause he wanted to try to make as much money and have as much flexibility as he had, uh, as he could. Maybe, uh, maybe that's, maybe that's what Chris Jones wants, but it is risky in the NFL when at any moment, uh, you can go down. Yeah. Uh, it's, again, for those of you who are joining right now or trying to get up to date on what just happened, Chris Jones still has one year left on his deal. No new years were added to the contract, but he received multiple incentives to earn considerably more money this season. That is the breakdown. That's what we're talking about right, right now is Chris Jones basically getting a reworked one-year deal, including uh, the ability to make much larger sum of money based on incentives. Patrick and I are in agreement right now. Uh, this is good for the Kansas City Chiefs organization. This is good for the fans. This is good for the team. Welcome him back with open arms. Um, but I will say, if you are Chris Jones, he needs to go out and produce. And I understand there's going to be a little bit of a ramping up period for him. I'm not expecting him on Sunday to play 80% of snaps, 70% of snaps. If he plays 40% of snaps, I'm saying thumbs up, right? He's got to get back into game shape. Not great shape, game shape. But he's going to have a target on his back. If Chris Jones does not come out and produce like he did last year, there's going to be a decent subsect of Chiefs Kingdom who is going to be sitting here saying, well, then why were you holding out for a raise if you're not going to be consistently putting up numbers? Fair or unfair? That is going to be the uh, going to be the case, and we all know that to be true. Yeah, you know, in the NFL, like you're not really supposed to be getting paid for what you've done. It's you're, the contract is for what you're going to do, right? He certainly earned a raise last season. I, I don't think there's anybody that would deny that fact. It just didn't work out the way that he wanted it. He wanted a specific thing, and he tried to use his leverage, and it didn't work out. And it's going to end up working out well for the Chiefs. But the Chiefs didn't come out of this unscathed. Like they lost a game that they very easily could have won. If he was on the field, they might have won that game. So, you know, he got to make his point. And the team took their own risks in this situation. And one of those risks was knowing that they were going to go into that game against Detroit without Chris Jones out there. And he's a massive part of what they like to do on defense. But this is good news for the Chiefs. 
as long as he doesn't go out there and like blow out his hamstring or knee or something, they just better be very careful with how, I know you want to get him out there as soon as possible, but without having that full training camp, no matter how much he's been working out, there is a risk going out there and pushing other 300 pound men around. So um, hopefully the chiefs are able to be smart with him uh, and ramp him up, but I wouldn't expect full on Chris Jones right out of the gate. Yeah, it's going to be a, a ramping up period, as, as we mentioned. Uh, I think it was 1993, different positions, obviously. But again, going back to Emmett Smith, when he held out for those two games, uh, when I had a chance to talk with him, because I was trying to make this a little, little Chris Jones related here, but I was talking about Jonathan Taylor and just the ramping up period once you, you know the holdout happens. He had, what, eight carries his first game back, then it was 13 carries before he had on a full workload. It, it takes time to, to get to full-on game shape. Great shape, again, is different than game shape. Until you actually get out there onto the field, I don't care if you've been been working out day in and day out. It's not the same thing as preseason OTAs and training camp. It's not the same thing as missing a full-on regular season game. So Chris Jones, again, be a little patient with him. As patient as you can. I know fans, as I mentioned, are going to be wanting him to put up three sacks his first game back. I get all that. But... If we're going to be realistic and try and take a realistic approach at this, he's going to need at least a little bit of time. This defensive line, don't judge it right now. If we judge it by the end of the season, I think we'll be looking at a top 10 defense overall and potentially a top 10 pass rush unit. we got to wait for Charles and Minahu to get back after six weeks. Got to wait for Chris Jones to ramp up. By the time FAU learns and grows like Karloftis did last year, I took about half the season. You're looking at a damn good defensive line, and in return, in my opinion, a damn good defense. Yeah, I think this defense can be really, really quite good. Um, They looked very good there in the stadium against the Lions, held them to 21 points, really 14 points. Um, The the pick pick six wasn't their fault. They did a great job, all in all. I thought they were uh, pretty good against the run. They were getting pressure. FAU got some pressures in there. Carl Loftus played really well, had like seven tackles. As you mentioned, it's about how this team finishes. When you're in the Chiefs, like the loss to the Lions was unfortunate. They'll get the offense figured out. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey's coming back. Like they're going to get the offensive stuff figured out. That was frustrating. But if you think they're going to play like that on offense all season long, you haven't been watching this team since Andy Reid came to town and Patrick Mahomes came to town. On defense, Jones is going to be ramping up. Omeni, who's not going to be out there, he's going to have to ramp up. Like if everybody can stay healthy, By the time we get to December, this could be a really, really strong unit. It should be the best defense Patrick Mahomes has ever had. And I still think this could be the deepest offense he's ever had. You got to get used to those new tackles. You know, he was a little, he missed some throws on Thursday, but like it's a process. Remember the Chiefs at the beginning of the year last year? They were, they struggled in some games. They came out of the gate and crushed the Cardinals, but the Cardinals were trash. And then they lost to a, to a a Colts team that wasn't very good, but did have a pretty good defense the year before. So they're going to figure it out. Don't worry. They've got the best coach in the league, the best quarterback in the league, the best tight end in the league, and now the best defensive tackle in the league. With all due respect to to Aaron Donald, it's like 1A and 1B right now. I don't know how how much better Aaron Donald is right now than Chris Jones at his his, uh, current age. That should have you excited. 
I like this from Nate Becker. Comment says, don't blame the player, blame the salary cap. Uh, I've been saying that for a while now. I think it's a good point. At some point, you can't blame the team, can't blame the player. It's a little bit on the salary cap, but every single team is is forced to play within the confines of the rules. That's why you have so much parity in the NFL. That's why you have so much one-year team can be bad, the next year they can be good, they can sign a player here, there. Everyone has to play within the same confines. That's why it's better in football than in baseball, in my opinion. But again, not everyone can be the highest paid player at their position. When you have a great team and when you draft well, when you're giving out second and third contracts, eventually not everyone can get a second and third contract for the same team. There's why there's so much change, so much parity in the NFL. Um, I saw another good comment down here that I wanted to touch on. Jess, always appreciate you, Jess, says, we shouldn't have to be patient with him. He shouldn't have held out. While I understand that perspective, not trying to argue with you, and guess what? You can feel the exact way that you want to feel. That is your right. That is your right to feel like that. What I'm saying is this is a sunk cost at this point. Yeah, we're all mad he missed one week. I'm just trying to be a realist here saying it might take time for him to ramp back up. That's all I'm saying. I'm with you. If that's if that that's your prerogative, if you want to say you're not waiting, you better hope he balls out, you know, his first game back. I don't disagree necessarily, but what I'm saying is that part now for me is a sunk cost. Let's get him healthy. Let's get him right. Let's get him going. I don't want him to get injured trying to um, trying to do more than he should. If he can just do what he was last year, but and say, uh, let's make it even 14 games because of, of the ramp up period, I will take that any given day. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't care. Like, I'm a Chiefs fan. At the end of the day, Chris Jones is going to be fine. He's rich. <laughs> Brett Veach, everybody involved in this, they're, they're executing at the highest level. They're winning Super Bowls. They're making tons of money. They're all going to be fine. I want to see the Chiefs win as many championships as possible because um, that's all I have in my life um, is, is I'm a big fan of chiefs. You know, I understand the emotion behind it if you're a fan, but it does really bug me when people attack people for just, you know, trying to make as much money as possible when, when they have a, a career that is going to end when they're like 34, if they're lucky, if they make it that far. So, you know, it's the system that we have. It's the system that, as you pointed out, Sterling, that the players have to play in. Shout out to AJ, by the way, for the Super Chat. Said, I know it's been one game, but where was Tranquil? Yeah, you know, he's still getting um, uh, yeah, he's still getting acclimated to the offense. And it, you'll see him, I'm, I'm sure, more. But Leo Chanel played pretty well in this game. They had him out there a lot. Sometimes it's all about matchups and what personnel the Lions put on the field. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, Drew Tranquil only played 13 snaps. I was shocked going into that game. Uh, if you listen to the pregame show, I was thinking huge Drew Tranquil game, just being the chess piece that he that he is. Then it turns out the Chiefs and Steve Spagnuolo had their own game plan. It was going to be Leo, Nick Bolton, Willie Gay Jr., and damn, they were right. Uh, as much as I love Drew Tranquil, if those three guys play like that, then you just have an added little cherry on top of Drew Tranquil. Uh, this linebacker room is damn good going into this year. PFF, which I know PFF take with a grain of salt. Come on now. But they were actually were ranked sixth. The linebacker core for Kansas City was ranked sixth of all linebacker groups heading into this year. And that's without a Fred Warner, a Roquan Smith. So uh, they're high on it. I'm high on the Chiefs linebacker core. If Drew Tranquil plays 13 snaps, but they play like this, I don't give a hoot. Yeah, absolutely. They're they're fantastic. And I'm sure there will be games where he has 30 snaps, right? It just depends, again, on matchups, how they want to use him. This was just game one, small sample size. I think we'll look back at the end of the year, and he'll have been a really great pickup and depth piece 
Um, I'm excited about Drew Tranquil. Sterling, you got to get out of here, man. I got to head out of here. I'm heading to the Speedway, Kansas Speedway, to the casino up there. Uh, nice. I'm sitting down with Tim Grunard. So uh, it'll be fun to talk with, uh, with old Grunny. And I will make sure I ask him about this Chris Jones situation. <laughs> All right. Uh, put some, play some craps for me. We'll see. Uh, we're going to keep it going here. Appreciate you Sterling hopping in with me. Um, let's get some, let's get some questions from you all out there. There's plenty of you watching on YouTube. Uh, if you want to support this podcast, hit that thumbs up button on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed, but let's talk chiefs. Let's talk this Chris Jones deal. Let me know your questions. Um, obviously I've made my opinion of everything pretty clear. You know, I, I really try to hold this intention. It's not, Chris Jones versus the Chiefs for me, it's two adults, you know, an organization and a human being trying to, you know, negotiate something. Um, Adam Steele says, can't feel bad about a pro saying uh, that he's got plenty when he knows he will lose at least a million. He's essentially a lock for Canton and will live the rest of his life doing paid events. Yeah, man, but like, it's all relative, right? Like, Every time you get a raise or, you know, get a promotion at work, like it's all relative sitting here, like just because I don't make nearly as much as Chris Jones does and like begrudging Chris Jones for doing what is best for him in his particular situation is, is the same. I would be just as insulted if he was like, well, yeah, but you know, you make more than, um, I don't know, somebody else who does a different job or who's younger than you and who hasn't been in their career as long, you shouldn't ask for a raise because they don't make as much over there. Like that doesn't, there's no logic in that. Like do your thing, man, make as much money as you can. Um, and you know, this one didn't work out for him, but uh, I'm not going to begrudge him that at all. Adam says, CJ hired the wrong agents. Like I said, like they work for him. They work for him. Like they, they didn't have a gun to his head telling him he couldn't take that deal that the Chiefs offered, that long-term extension. He could have done that. He didn't want to. And it, like blaming his agents, frankly, is insulting to Chris Jones. Um, like he's not an infant. He's a grown man. Um, he knows what he's doing. It doesn't mean that it is a good decision. I've made plenty of bad financial decisions, but he he's he's a grown man. Um Bumpa says, Katz Brothers really lost themselves some money here. Look, again, they work for Chris Jones. They, now, we don't know if they did a good job negotiating this. Like, right, if it Drew Rosenhaus was Chris Jones' agent, maybe a deal would have gotten done. Maybe he had a way to get him more money. I'm not, I'm not an agent expert, but I do know that they work for the player, and the player can sign on the dotted line anytime he wants. But I do agree, though, for the Katz Brothers, this is a bad look just because they didn't get the deal, right? Like you, your job is to try to get your client the bag. And if you don't, in fact, he loses money and then has to sign an incentive deal. I don't know how that's a good look for the Katz brothers in this situation, just like from a pure business standpoint. And they may say to players, hey, look, we, you know, we don't care. We don't care how it looks for us. Our client gave us instructions we did our very best for our client and this is just how it worked out. Maybe some players will like that. It's like if you're working with a lawyer, right? If you're suing somebody, you hire the lawyer. The lawyer is like, look, I'm going to give you the best legal representation I possibly can. We might lose. You know, if they did a good job for you, if you feel like you got your money's worth, then they did a good job, whether you win or lose, you know, when you get in front of the jury. But that's, that's how it works. You know, your lawyer is not telling you what to do. They're giving you their expertise in this situation. And I just think it's tough for the chiefs. 
because they're they've got a lot of good young players that they have to pay and they want to stay competitive around Patrick Mahomes. And as I said earlier, they want to stay that way for 10 years, hopefully 15. I think he's 27, 28. He's got 15 more years in him. Let's go. Let's go, Patrick. You can do it. Um, that would be fantastic. Uh, I see my guy Stacy out there says Jones doesn't want his agents to cash in on his real contract next offseason, perhaps. Um, Zach says those fines could be waived with his new contract. We'll have to wait and see. I don't think that's true, Zach. Um, I think because of his age, I read that he's, they're not like they had the, it's in the C, in the CBA that he can't, they can't forgive the fines from training camp. Um, but, but what you, what you might be saying there is that, yeah, you put waived in quotes. Yes. Right. Like, he might say uh, we're going to erase those fines with the incentive. So if they, uh, the, the, yeah, uh, the, the, the word on Twitter is that he can earn substantially more, right? So for Chris Jones, there could be some very easy, uh, you know, they could say, Hey, you get a bonus if you get three sacks, right? And in the bonus, that bonus covers all of the money that he was fined throughout the course of training camp. That's the way is, is Zach smartly pointing out is, is, is the way around something like that. So there is a way for Chris Jones to earn more than he would have this year. So that's, that's, that is at least good news for Chris Jones long-term, not great for him. Jack says, uh, I don't really care what anybody thinks. Welcome back, Chris, 60 years of being a cheese fan longer than most have been alive. Let's play football. There you go, Jack. Jack's got the right point of view here, man. Like, I like, you know, as long as they're good dudes, and I like cheering for people like Chris Jones. He he's he's first of all, he's hilarious. He's been on the show. Um, seems like a really nice guy, does stuff in the community, and he's a hell of a player. Like those are the guys, like there's some there's some bad dudes in the NFL that like you don't want to really root for. And sometimes those guys are on your team, and it's like it is what it is. Everybody makes mistakes. Like when when have you ever heard anything bad about Chris Jones? Um, he's played his butt off for the Chiefs for years now. He's helped them win two Super Bowls. He's the re- like that AFC Championship game. He was incredible last year. He sacked Joe Burrow when the when the rubber met the road. When something had to happen, Chris Jones stepped up, got to Joe Burrow. Chiefs got the ball back, and the rest is history. They win their second Super Bowl um, in, in the Patrick Mahomes era, third all time. So like I'm I'm thrilled. Like this, you know, this part the business part of it sucks. And it can impact our enjoyment of Twitter and, you know, like the Lions game like that. That's unfortunate for us as fans. But like at the end of the day, we've seen this team. They just need to be good, you know, the rest of the year. here. They just need to win enough games to get in the playoffs and then and keep everybody healthy. So it's unfortunate. It's a bummer. It was a distraction. It was frustrating as a fan. But like, all right, maybe we'll do it all again next offseason. But you know what? If they hoist another Lombardi, if they go back to back and cement this team as a dynasty, I can put up with uh, a few months of tweets about Chris Jones' contract. Like, who cares, <laughs> who cares man? I, I care about what happens in February. Um, fire in some questions. Uh, uh, Lauren Shank says, so what is your 2024 defensive tackle plan? Thoughts? I mean, off the top of my head, I don't know who's coming up for free agency. Uh, if the Chiefs don't have Chris Jones on the books, they, they you know they got guys to sign, but they'll have some cap space. 
there always is the NFL draft, which the Chiefs have done the last couple of years, a tr- fantastic job of drafting guys. So, and you know, it just depends. Like right now you think about the Chiefs and you think about, wow, this great Chris Jones in the middle, the pressure they're able to create in the middle, but they have invested draft capital, two first round picks and FAU and George Karloftis at the ends. They've invested a ton of draft capital in Leo Chanel and Willie Gay Jr. and Nick Bolton in the middle of their defense. They've invested draft capital in the corners. So like, it, you don't have to replace Chris Jones with another absolute monster in the middle. If the bets that you placed on George Karloftis and on FAU pay off, if those guys become, even if just one of them becomes an elite pass rusher and the other one becomes a very good pass rusher, okay, well then, you know, you can find some guys where you hope the Chiefs are drafting back into the first round, second round pick, go out there, do your scouting, get yourself a good defensive tackle, run stuff for somebody who can create a little bit of pressure. We've seen them do that at ends, right? Because they had Chris Jones, they could um, they could bring in guys to, to, you know, veteran guys, people like that, to rush the passer from the ends, rotate people in, doesn't have to be an, an every down player. So there's a lot of options for the Chiefs, guys who might want to come to Kansas City to win a ring and, and play some pass rush, pass rush snaps for them. Um, but I think they've invested a ton in this defense, so it doesn't necessarily need to revolve around Chris Jones if everybody continues to develop, particularly the pass rushers. Clips says Bolton and Gay are here to stay, Bash brothers. That's an interesting one, Clips. I don't know. I, I think this is a big year for Willie Gay Jr. He's somebody who I could see them letting go if if his contract demands were too high because obviously if you're picking between him and Bolton, you're, you're picking Bolton every time. Um, and if they think they can, you know, rotate some other guys in, but like they can't keep everybody. And a lot of these guys are young. When you hit on those draft classes like that, you know, then they'll come up around the same times. So it's going to be tricky. Um, I'm hoping they can keep Creed Humphrey. I'm hoping they can keep Nick Bolton. Like these are, these are core guys. Um, Sean Browning says he deserves a long-term contract. I'm assuming you mean Chris Jones. I think he does. I wish they had gotten them done long-term and, you know, that we wouldn't have to worry about him for the next two to three years, but it is what it is. They're going to have him this year, and this is the only year that matters right now. Um, let's see. Jess Ferris says, 2024 defensive tackle market looks weak. Uh, Chris Jones, DJ Reader, Fletcher Cox, um, Grover Stewart, top four. Yeah, I mean, you know, and the Chiefs don't like to spend crazy amounts of money in free agency. So they may try to do this through the draft, and that's, as we've seen, the teams that are successful, they're able to they're able to win because they've got cheap, good, cheap young players, and they let other teams go all in like the uh, Los Angeles Rams did, and it worked out for them. But we've seen Buffalo try to go all in; they still don't have a Super Bowl. We've seen the Chargers throw a bunch of money around; they don't have a Super Bowl. The Saints have thrown a bunch of money around, moving you know, putting themselves in cap hell. They haven't won the Super Bowl recently, so. It's difficult. Um, Daniel says Veach is a cheapskate. Look, I don't. I, I'm just, I don't think Brett Veach has anything against paying guys. I mean, he gave Patrick Mahomes a half a billion dollar contract a couple of years ago, but he has a job to do. There's 53 guys he's got to pay, and if he keeps drafting really good players, some of them are going to have to walk. I mean, we saw this with New England for years, right? They let good players leave 
who you would have looked at and been like, well, they were a really important player to the, the Patriots, but they left and the Patriots just kept on rolling. Why? Because they had Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. And so they learned that they were able to move those, like all those pieces around them. They could move those pieces around as long as they had that great quarterback and that great head coach. And the Chiefs are in a very similar situation. Very similar situation. They're going to win. Every year they've got Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, they're probably going to the playoffs. So, you know, they're going to have to be smart about their money. They don't want to be inflexible because things happen, right? Guys get injured. So what if they've got a Super Bowl team and they're in the middle of the season and and it's before the trade deadline and something happens to a key player for them? You know, they want to be able to have the cat flexibility to make moves when they need to. Um, Look at the offensive line, right? They won the Super Bowl. Then they went won 14 games the next season and got back to the Super Bowl. And it just the, the the offensive line fell apart due to injuries. So they didn't want to go into the next year. Remember when they cut uh Schwartz and they cut um Eric Fisher? Like we were all kind of like, yikes. That's that's a bold move. It was the right move, but it was scary. Because those guys were were veterans, they had won a Super Bowl with them a year before. Like it worked out, Veach was able to to, to fill the void. Um, Bumpa with the super chat, appreciate you. Hot Veach take, hot take. Veach does doesn't draft good at premium positions. Um, look, I mean, it hasn't it hasn't played out. At you know, the, he hasn't drafted like a stud pass rusher yet. And at the wide receiver position, but like, I mean, he got he's gotten a lot of wins. You can't hit on all of them, um, but you know you've got. He's not just making these decisions by himself either. He's got scouts out there, so they're addressing these things. I, look, uh, he's he's also found really great diamonds in the rough. Like, look at this Justin Ross. He could be something for this team. Rasheed Rice, like I'm not willing to write off Rasheed Rice. Like it's been one game in the dude's career. And he was, he was, he was making plays out there. It's not like he had some big monster line or anything. You gotta, you gotta give some of these guys some time to, to figure their stuff out. Obviously not a great first uh, game in the second season there for Sky Moore. But again, it's a, it's a small sample size If Sky Moore came out the first three games and lit it up. And then he had the game that he had, um, you know, on Thursday, you wouldn't be worried at all. You'd just be like, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you don't, you don't have a hundred yards receiving and eight catches every game. Uh, James T. Kirk's my guy. Uh, what's up, man? Uh, says Ross needs to play. I mean, look again with that small sample size, it's hard to, it's hard to say that you, you want to change stuff, right? Like, okay, Tony nail him to the bench. Sky Moore played way too many snaps. Snaps didn't do enough. Keep MVS out there. You know, let's get Rasheed Rice out there. Let's get Justin Ross out there and see if anything changes. I think, and I said this on the post game show, I think that they need some consistency. They were rotating guys in in and out like crazy, and I know they want to get all these receivers some some run. But I think for for Mahomes, timing, getting on the same page, all that stuff, he needs to get some reps with some of these guys. So just constantly moving people in and out. Like I like it, you know, you want to get some matchups here and there, but I think you need to try to find a core group of guys so that the offense can get into a rhythm. It's still early in the season. So we'll, uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, let's see here. Just a guy says 
the Chiefs need Tony to reach their ceiling this year. That's a great point. I know everybody's furious at Kadarius Tony right now. That was hard to watch. Worst game of that dude's life, probably, right? I'm sure he's embarrassed. It was frustrating. But like when the fans were booing him, I kind of wish they started chanting his name. You know, uh, and 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 maybe the the fans at Arrowhead in a couple weeks could do that um, when he walks out on the field, like because you know what's what's going to happen? Like you boo him, like the guy's in his head. Whatever he's having a bad game, he's dropping balls. Remember, Kadarius Tony missed all of training camp with an injury. Injuries aren't his fault; they happen to people. It's frustrating, but it's not his fault. And then they put him out there as the primary receiver in the very first game. Now, look, you're an NFL player. You pay millions of dollars. You're out there. You got you to make plays. That's your job. You've been catching balls all your life. It was a terrible game for him. But like as fans, what are we going to do? Are we going to further his you know frustration, help him get more in his head by booing the guy? Or are we going to support him? You know, try to cheer for him. Try to get him back on track. I'll never forget I was in the stadium when they chanted Tyree Kill's name the first time when he was back there to return a punt. Um, and it was just and, and he and he and he returned it for a touchdown. It was an incredibly awesome moment to be a part of. It won't happen because everyone's so frustrated, but like I would love for when Kadarius Tony gets back at Arrowhead for the crowd to chant his name, or if the first time he makes a big play really gives him an ovation. Cause that's, I mean, and just imagine having your worst day at work on, on national TV. Like that's, that's tough. And I agree with the comment. The chiefs need Kadarius Tony. They need him. He's incredibly talented. He's a veteran, even though he hasn't played a ton because of injuries, but he was clearly like all those, all those plays. Like I had the all 22 view, right? Cause I was at the stadium. He was getting open. He was one of the guys that was consistently getting open. If you look at the next, next gen stats, on Kadarius Tony, he had really incredible separation. He's a guy the Chiefs need. If he can stay healthy, and obviously he's got to catch the ball. Look, if it keeps happening, yeah, he's got to get benched. But it was one game. It was one terrible game. But the upside with him is much better than the downside, in my opinion. Uh, let's get some more comments before we get out of here. Um, Jack Green says, Tony's going to be fine. He has good hands. Yeah, like I don't remember hearing drops being an issue for Kadarius Tony, it looked like rust. Like, look at Joe Burrow and the Bengals yesterday. And Burrow threw for 80 yards. He was horrible. I watched that whole game. He was he was off target. The Bengals couldn't block. Like, you don't think Joe Burrow had a little bit of rust? He was injured, just like Kadarius Tony, pretty much all a camp. And then he went out there, and it's the NFL, and like it's 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 game time. You know, it, sometimes it can be hard to just turn it on. You think Joe Burrow should get benched? Uh, obviously he's accomplished a lot more in his career than Kadarius Tony, but I think the point remains the same stuff happens. People have bad games. You don't want to give up on them, uh, just yet. Lauren Shank says, Tony needs to stay off social media. Agreed. I think all players should stay off social media. Doesn't ever really do them any good. Only gets them into trouble. Um, and look, fans are monsters on social media to these guys they are terrible to them. And it's hard. It's hard to not respond. Sometimes these guys are human beings. That's why just like, it's not worth it. Just, just stay off it. Don't read the comments. If you're going to be on social media, that really goes for everybody to be perfectly honest with you. By the way, it's Sierra head addict podcast. My name is Patrick Allen, uh, emergency podcast, talking about the Chris Jones deal. If you want to help us out, do us a favor, hit that like button, 
on YouTube. We can get some more Chiefs fans in here, keep the conversation going, um, and have some fun because the Chiefs getting Chris Jones back, and boy, do they need him. I don't know if you guys watched the Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday. They made some plays. Uh, that game was closer than I thought it should have been, frankly, but Trevor Lawrence is that guy. Like He can throw. He made some incredible throws, some incredible catches. They're going to be able to put up points. I, I think they're I think they're better on offense than the Lions. I know the Lions were like a top five offense last year, but I th- I think the Jaguars are going to be a little bit better, a little bit more dynamic this year. We'll see. They could be very similar, but maybe early in the season, Lions had a rookie back in there playing a little bit. Um, we'll see. Um, let's see. More questions. Uh, Thomas Cole says, I'm a Bengals fan and hate it when I drop in and you all kill me with kindness. Hey man, like it's look, I'm, I'm like chief guy on Twitter trolling the Bengals and their fans. Um, is it's fun, right? Like throwing some, some heat on the rivalry, but it's good. Like as a, as a sports fan, I love it. Like I love the heat. Um, I love the, the trash talking back and forth between the chiefs and the Bengals. I like that my team has come up on top, uh, come out on top. Uh, when it mattered the most, most of the time in this rivalry, but Burrow's awesome. And like, he's chase, like they have incredible weapons. This is going to be going on and on and on for this is, in my opinion, it's the new Manning Brady. And you can argue who you think is Manning and who you think is Brady. Um, But I think that we're going to be seeing a lot of chiefs every year, probably chiefs and Bengals. uh, So they're probably going to keep winning their divisions. Uh, Angry Junkin German says, um, Thomas, we're all liars. And as you can see with the Jones deal, we turn on you in a heartbeat and a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like if you were in Chris Jones shoes, you might make some of the same decisions that Chris Jones is making. I'm just saying, uh, let's see. Family man says, is it a two year or just one year? Cause he signed, he signed for this year. No, it's just one year. So basically what happened as far as I know here is that they tore up the old contract that had one year left on it. And he signed a new one-year deal that has the potential for him to make significantly more, according to reports, than he would have under the old deal, and potentially even you know beyond some of the fines that he got. So it's a it's all new, um, and it's just for this year. And then they'll have to do, do this whole dance again, you know, at the end of the the year here. Um, if Chris Jones were to leave. He'll sign a massive deal with another team. The Chiefs will get a third-round compensatory pick. The potential that they could franchise him and pay him another big contract for another year. Um, or they could franchise tag him and trade him, potentially. That's happened before. So we'll just have to wait and see. But right now, it's all about this year. Questions about the Chiefs. Um, let's see here. Stacy says, good news, Chris. We got you the one-year deal you were already signed to. I mean, look, there's just no getting around that this is an L for Chris Jones and for his representation and a win for the Chiefs. There's just I unless unless there's some crazy stuff in that contract, I don't know how you look at this as anything other than a win for the Chiefs and a loss for Chris Jones. And frankly, if the Chiefs weren't gonna buckle which the only way for Chris Jones to find that out was to hold out and see. It was always going to turn out this way. It was always going to... I never believed in a second that Chris Jones would sit out eight games. It's just too much money. Some, But like guys have done it. 
Le'Veon Bell sat out an entire year, and that was pretty much it for his his career. Um, it's just it that's an individual decision, right? But the way the deck is stacked, it's stacked against the players. It just is. You signed a deal, you were under contract, and if the if the GM is going to take a hard line, if they've got a number that they're not going to go beyond, there's not a lot you can do. Um, Jay says, let's see, let's get some, some questions in here. Uh, Sean Browning says, I hope there are at least some incentives. Yeah, Sean. So that's the deal. We haven't, I haven't seen what the incentives are yet, but, uh, apparently tons of incentives for Chris Jones in this deal to make as I think, uh, Adam Schefter put it significantly more, uh, crispy, uh, crispy says it has to be like 28 million guaranteed with like six, seven and in incentives. Yeah, not sure exactly uh, how it's going to work out, but y- you know, you would think that after losing the money and camp and all that stuff, that Jones is going to want to make it back and then some to feel like he he wasn't a complete loser. And like, look, if you're a good negotiator, and I think obviously Brett Veach is a really good negotiator, you don't want your you don't want the other person to feel like they lost. You know, a good negotiation is one in which both sides feel like you know they're not happy. They didn't get exactly what they wanted. That's good negotiation. So we'll see. Um, it's it's a win for the Chiefs. I, would the, I think the Chiefs, though, would rather have Chris Jones locked up for three years. Um, but that's not the way this one worked out. So um, we'll see. Uh, Jack says, at week eight holdout, he was slated to lose $11 million. <clears throat> It made no sense that he was offered 55.5 two-year, but wanted 64.2 a difference of 10 million when he was slated to lose 11 million. Well, like he wasn't, he was never going to sit out for that long. Right. So he, he was hoping that the threat of missing a game and potentially the chiefs falling behind the eight ball a little bit would be enough to get the Chiefs' side to come up a little bit. It just, it just didn't. And look, the chiefs lost the game. Would they have won with Chris Jones was on the field? I think so. I think they probably would have gotten one more stop that they needed, but you know what? They were so putrid on offense in the receiving game and really, frankly, running the football as well. Who knows? You never know how things are going to go out, but I mean, they were a, 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 a Tony catch away from winning that game. If you had Chris Jones there, they probably win the game. It sucks, um, but there's 16 games to go. So hopefully we won't look back and say, oh no, the Chiefs missed the number one seed because of that Lions game. But both sides... Both sides were part of that, right? Like the Chiefs could have just paid him. They didn't want to. So they lost a game and it's on the Chiefs and it's on Chris Jones. And the Chiefs are a pretty confident organization. You've got to be to trade away a guy like Tyreek Hill and then go and win the Super Bowl. So the Chiefs front office, in my view, and I've said this on the show multiple times, they've earned the benefit of the doubt. They've earned the benefit of the doubt with what they've done one of the most successful runs we've ever seen in the NFL over the last few years, have a chance to add to that legacy. Thomas Cole says, what's the plan if Kelsey starts to feel his age with the tender knee this year? Seems like Kelsey uh, missed a, was missed a lot more than Jones. Looks on Thursday, certainly was. Um, Mahomes has only played a couple games without Kelsey. I think it's like something like 300 snaps. And he's played well. Not t- a little bit of a drop-off, but not too much of a drop-off. Thursday being a bit of an outlier. That was a tough game to lose Travis Kelsey for, right? It's the first game of the season. 
I feel like the the Chiefs starters played fewer snaps this preseason than in any recent preseason I can remember. I think so. There was probably a little bit of rust. Plus, they were working in uh, some some new receivers into some new roles. So, you know, you had, you had Tony Rusty coming off the injury, didn't get his camp. Rasheed Rice is coming in, playing his his first NFL, real NFL game. Sky Moore in a different position than he was last year, being relied on a lot more. And look who showed up. Like it was kind of, you know, it was MVS and Watson. It was like some of your veterans and the guys who weren't young are, are rusty. So I think if the Chiefs, like if Kelsey doesn't play on Sunday against the Jaguars, I expect the Chiefs to still be better on offense much better than they were last week. They're going to get it sorted out. Um, But credit to Dan Campbell and the Lions, man. Like Arrowhead was as loud as I've heard it in person in a long time. And those guys stood up to the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are a significantly better team. But on Thursday night, they didn't play like it. They lost. It's the NFL. The margin of error is not great. Fire out questions that you have in the chat. We'll take a few more uh, I won't chain my producer to his computer for too much longer. Uh, Angry Drunken German says, if Casey's wide receivers drop 11 passes a game, not even Kelsey will be able to overcome that. That's a great point, right? And we've seen that like in 2018 when the defense was terrible and, and Mahomes lost to Goff in that incredible classic game with the Rams. Like, what's the dude? Like, Mahomes did everything he could. He, he put up 50 points. It's just like sometimes there's nothing you can do. It, it, things go wrong. It's team game. It's a team game. I, If the Chiefs have another game like that this year, they've got something, something's going on. Uh, the players are drugged or something, but that was just like, you know, it's probability, right? Like the Chiefs always win those close games. They, they We saw them do it over and over again last year. Close game, maybe they didn't play up to their standard. They always pull it out because they got Mahomes or Kelsey makes a catch or somebody makes it like they were going to lose to the Chargers before that, that like 99 yard interception return for a touchdown. Like it's the NFL. You win or lose on a razor's edge, no matter how good you are. A lot of weeks, four point win, three point win for the Chiefs to have another game where they were that bad. Like, honestly, I know it doesn't feel good, but like if you look back at that game and you look at how horrible the Chiefs were on offense. The fact that they only lost that game by one point to a, a team I think everybody thinks is going to be a, a playoff team and could win their division, you got to kind of be like, well, that sucked, but like, look at the Bengals on Sunday. You know, look at the Giants. Like, you want to talk about a disaster? It felt like a disaster because of the expectations of the Kansas City Chiefs, but they played as putridly as they possibly could on offense. They didn't have Travis Kelsey. They didn't have Chris Jones on defense and they lost by one point and they had the ball with a chance to win. And a guy dropped, he was wide open and Tony dropped a pass. It would have put him in field goal range. They would have been running the ball, running out the clock. Like they lost by one point. So, you know, I mean, as frustrating as it was, it's not like they were the Giants out there who didn't even look like an NFL football team last night. Daniel says the Jaguars are going to blow them out between the inexperience and so-called rust and the fact that Kelsey is hobbled. There's no way they're going to stop Trevor Lawrence. Look, Dan, I mean, anything's possible. 
You're, you know, you're right, Daniel. Like they, they, they could still be rusty and they could get the Bengals started 0 2 last year. They were in the AFC championship game, almost beat the Chiefs and went back to a Super Bowl two years in a row. So, like, it, you know, even if the Chiefs do get blown out by the Jaguars, I'm still not going to panic. I'm going to be concerned. But if you've watched this team since Andy Reid got to town, where they were winning in 11 games with Alex Smith and like no receivers and just Travis Kelsey. If you're panicking, you just haven't been paying attention. You haven't been paying attention. They win. That's what they do. This is an all-time great team, and it's probably the best team that Patrick Mahomes has had since he's been in Kansas City, with all due respect to Tyreek Hill. From top to bottom, this roster, I think, is the best the best one that he's had. By the way, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button. There's only there's 300 of you in there. There's only 128 likes. Help me out. Um, I've been talking for an hour straight. Um, so yeah, I, I, I like I I'm I'm a concerned, but I I wouldn't be surprised if they break out of their funk. I wouldn't be surprised if they beat the doors off the Jaguars, who look really good, who looked really good on Sunday, but that doesn't mean they're going to look good. Next Sunday, it's the NFL. Week one is a liar, by the way, in the NFL. Like if you think everything that you saw in week one is is gonna just that's that's the way it is. Chiefs suck, Bengals suck, the Browns are the best team in the NFL because they just shut down the the Bengals. Again, like go back and go back and look at the scores of week one last year and the year before that. And 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 tell me. If, if things didn't look a little bit wonky. I always remember when the Chiefs went to Foxborough. What was it? 2017? And just beat the brakes off the Patriots. Beat the brakes off them. Kareem Hunt's first game, he fumbled, then they just ran down their throat. That Wasn't that the game where, where, where Belichick was all salty and, and was like, we're on, to, we're on to Miami or whatever? Like, what happened at the end of the year? The Chiefs lost in a game, I think that was the game of the Steelers, right? Where they didn't score a touchdown and the Patriots won the Super Bowl. So, you know, a one-point loss to a playoff team in week one without your Hall of Fame tight end and your Hall of Fame defensive tackle, they were down two Hall of Famers of that game. I'm not going to panic. Uh, you're going to have to get me. If the Chiefs if the Chiefs are one in five, I'll start to get worried. Until then... Like if they're two and two or two and three or something, I'm just not. I'm not. I'm not going to panic now. They sh- that shouldn't happen because this is the easier part of their schedule. The back end, they got to play the Eagles and some of those teams and the Bills and all those guys. Like you know, the Chiefs want to win as many games as they can right now. I. I. But I think they're going to be fine. I think they're going to be fine. All right, one or two more questions and then we're going to go. I just keeping it going because you guys have been awesome. Uh, still over three hundred of you watching, hopping on. I know. I know you all got to get to dinner. Uh, Mantana says time to panic. Uh, now we're good, man. We're good. Um, let's see. Doug, uh, Don says, uh, should the chiefs try to potentially get Justin Jefferson? I mean, yeah, sure. <laughs> like, um, look, man, I know Justin Jefferson's in his own contract thing with the Vikings. I, it just doesn't seem like a move that the chiefs would make. Justin Jefferson is, I mean, did you see what Tyree kill did? On, my, on on Sunday, dude had 200 yards receiving with Tua. Like 
he's he's best receiver in, in football. Him and Jefferson are like 1A and 1B. They're incredible. So the Chiefs could have just re-signed Tyreek. Now you can make the argument he's a little bit of a risk because of some of the, the conduct stuff that you worry about and, and things in his past. Um, but I just don't see the, the Chiefs would have to give up so much to get Justin Jefferson. The Vikings would they'll they'll figure it out. They'll resign because like what are you going to do? Like you've got that guy, you know. The Chiefs were confident because they had Andy Reid and and Patrick Mahomes that they were like, okay, we can we can get this guy. The, the Vikings have Kirk Cousins. All due respect. So that's your star in Justin Jefferson. You got to find a way to get it done. I'd be shocked if they traded him, and I'd be even more shocked if the Chiefs traded multiple first round picks and then signed the guy to the richest wide receiver contract in history. But Stranger things that you can never say never in the NFL, right? Uh, you can never say never in the NFL, but more, more than like the people are talking about Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, like, yeah, those are the kinds of deals the chiefs might make. Look at the end of the day, they need to develop. They've, they've invested serious draft capital into sky Moore and Rasheed rice. Like they need those guys. They don't necessarily need to turn into mega stars, but they need those guys to work out. I think Justin Ross and Kadarius Tony are the two receivers on the roster with the highest ceilings right now. So, can you get those guys going? Tony, you got the injury history. But like if Rasheed Rice or Skymore, if just one of those guys can be like a really good number two wide receiver, the Chiefs could be okay if they can if if Tony or Ross work out to be that number one. I do think though that if they wanted to make a big trade, tight end would be what I would target if I was the Chiefs. And I know you still have Travis Kelsey, but Patrick Mahomes, since the day he stepped on the football field has had an all-time tight end. Now, the Chiefs are not... You can't replace Travis Kelsey. You're just not going to do it. But having a serious threat, pass-catching threat, like a like a TJ Hawkinson, somebody like that, um, at the tight end position could be really beneficial to the Chiefs and to Patrick Mahomes over the course of his career because he's had so much success with a guy like Kelsey. So he's used to having that as a weapon. So I don't think you want to go to the type of offense where you're you're not throwing to the tight end a ton. Like, all, all great. I like Noah Gray. He's a nice player, but you want somebody a little bit more dynamic for Patrick Mahomes. The guy that's out there that I would, I mean, I dream about is Kyle Pitts because the Falcons are just, they stink. Like, I think they won on Sunday, but just barely, but like, they don't throw the ball. Like they've got Drake London and Kyle Pitts, you fantasy players know this, and they just won't throw the ball. Like like uh, Desmond Ritter, I think had a deflected pass and he caught it. He had more catches than Drake London. And when they asked the coach about it, he was like, "Well, I don't care. Let the fantasy football guys worry about that." No man, like you drafted this guy. He's incredibly talented. Like, yes, you got the W, and that's what matters. But your job is to get your good players to succeed and to get them the football. Like if, if if the chiefs had a game where Patrick Mahomes had a reception and Travis Kelsey didn't have any, and Travis Kelsey was out there the whole game, we'd be like, what the hell is going on? Travis Kelsey didn't have a catch. So like Kyle Pitts's guy or Drake London, I, I don't think the Falcons would trade them, but if things go really badly for them this year and Pitts has another season where he, you know, he has poor numbers because of their offense, that would be a guy I would go after. Drake London is a guy I would go after because those the talent's undeniable there. They're just in a terrible team with their bad fits for the offense. So maybe if things go really badly, the Falcons would move one of those guys for the right offer. And that would be the kind of trade I would see the Chiefs make. 
Rick says Ross and Rice. Rick, you might be right, man. I, I mean, we we have no tape really on Rasheed Rice, right? But like, I liked that he popped up a lot in that game and was making plays. It wasn't anything crazy, but he was there for Mahomes. He caught the ball. I remember, he was dropping it in the preseason. It was kind of like Carl Loftus in the preseason a couple of years ago. He kind of just kept popping up, and you were like, "Oh, there's Carl Loftus. Oh, there's Carl Loftus." Well, in that game where everything was terrible. You had a few, a few plays where you're like, oh, it's Rasheed Rice. Oh, it's Rasheed Rice. And he was getting rotated in and out. So the Chiefs seem to like him, but we'll see. Andy's an old school guy. I wouldn't be surprised if they go out there on Sunday and it's MVS and it's Tony and it's Watson. And they play those guys the whole game and you don't see much of the rest of the guys. But we'll see. It's going to be interesting. All right, everybody, we got to get out of here. Thank you so much for supporting this emergency podcast. We will upload it. Uh, for the audio version, if you want to check that out as well. And of course, we'll have our regularly scheduled uh, shows on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of this week. And then on Sunday, we'll have a pregame show, a halftime show, a postgame show. So if you are not subscribed to the Arrowhead Addict YouTube channel, make sure you're subscribed. Hit that subscribe button right now so you'll get an alert every time we go live because things happen. News breaks and we hop right on as we did today. So you don't want to miss it. And make sure you're going to arrowheadaddict.com. Our guy, Matt Connor, the staff over there, they're going to have, when these details of this of this Chris Jones deal come out, it's going to be on arrowheadaddict.com as fast as it's going to be anywhere else. So make sure you're going to arrowheadaddict.com every day. Arrowheadaddict.com, uh, getting all those Chiefs news and views over there. You guys have been awesome. Hit that like button on your way out. Make sure you're subscribed. Thank you to Sterling Holmes for jumping in with me. A major thank you to producer Richard uh, for hanging with me for an hour and 15 minutes. Uh, and getting this show ready for us so we can bring you guys some Chiefs content. And appreciate all of you for jumping in and being so active there in the chat. My name is Patrick Allen. I will see you on Thursday. We'll be back on Tuesday. But until then, as always, go Chiefs. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.